This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So I've been getting some requests via Twitter to take a look at the gold miners. Yes, the gold miners. I haven't really looked at the gold miners in about a decade, I want to say. Has anybody been looking at the gold miners? I don't think so. You know what that means, though? That means it could be a value industry because the street is essentially ignoring it. Now, if you recall, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway bought a gold miner in the second quarter of this year. And pretty much it was reported on, but everybody's kind of blown it off. The one he bought was Barrick, Barrick Gold, ticker is G-O-L-D, and he has a position worth about a half a billion dollars, so about $500 million in the portfolio. It is a small position. It's just 0.27% of the entire portfolio. Whale Wisdom, uh, where I looked up all this information, I really recommend that site, by the way, it's whalewisdom.com gives an average price paid of $26.94 in that quarter. And if you look at it now, Barrick is trading a little under that actually, around 25 or so. So the gold stocks really haven't gone anywhere. They've kind of been up, down, up, down, seesawing during this pandemic. And now they're a little bit weak again because the vaccine news uh, means that we may not get as big of a stimulus as everyone was assuming here in sometime soon, hopefully, uh, maybe by January, where people were expecting you know, a $2 trillion package. It might be much smaller. And so people are pulling back on their gold assumptions for the gold prices of where inflation might be and um, you know, just money sloshing around the system there. That would be a good news for gold, but less money sloshing around would be bad news. So some of the gold uh, stocks have pulled back and gold prices um, have weakened a little bit here. So why would value investors be interested in investing now after what I just said, right, about the weakness and we might not get the stimulus as big as we thought? Why buy any of this heading into 2021? Well, gold did hit all-time highs this year. I had to look it up. It was on August 5th where it closed at 2051, $2,051 an ounce. It only hit above and or closed above 2000 for it looks like about three days, but otherwise has been trading mostly above 1900. But now again, on this weakness with the vaccine, it's pulled back into the 1800s. So like the energy companies, the higher gold goes, the more revenue and then hopefully earnings the miners generate, but definitely on revenue and on free cash flow. Because the miners have been, uh, you know, with with figuring out their business over the last 20 years, so to speak, and they know the cost structure and what it takes to get it out of the ground now with some of the innovations that they've made due to technology. And so they know what their average cost is going to be, right, to get out the the metal. And now with gold prices surging, that is just all like gravy on the top of what their cost structure is. So even with gold and silver at much lower levels, they can make their business work. 
But now with new records, the cash flows are just soaring at all of them. They have so much cash, basically they don't know what to do with it. So we're suddenly seeing an increase in dividends and share buybacks. That's all good for shareholders. And some gold miners have even been raising their dividends now this year, um, every quarter, or at least the last two quarters as gold has hit these new highs. So could we be entering into a new kind of golden era for the gold miners, so to speak? It's been a long 20 year slog for many of the miners. I've looked up some of the charts because I used to own some of them back in the day when the gold mining ETF launched. That was in 2005, 2006. Uh, some of you and myself might have owned after the Great Recession when there was a lot of QE and there was a lot of talk of inflation. That was around 2011, 2012. Gold prices kind of peaked then again, and then were in the, the retreat and the decline. So the gold mining shares also declined, but a lot of them are breaking out again here. And so it could be, as I said, that we're entering into a new phase in the gold cycle with this breakout. But, um, you know, again, we're getting a little bit of weakness here. So how do you find a gold miner to buy? It's been so long, we can't remember even what they are, right? Because a lot of people aren't paying any attention to this industry. So Zaxx has a mining industry on Zaxx.com. You can go there and take a look at the list of all the miners. Right now, that list includes 41 companies, but they aren't all gold miners. They are also silver, copper, iron, whatever else anyone is mining in the metals and so it's always just kind of a mix and you already have to kind of know who is the gold miners right so why not start by looking at a company that berkshire owns that i just talked about because we know that they bought that gold company and it's warren buffett so it's got to be a decent one right that's what i would think and um, that company, again, is Barrick Gold, ticker G-O-L-D. So I took a look to see what they were doing. And they are Zach's number two right here, which is a strong buy. And that's because those earnings estimates are rapidly being raised. They are on the increase. So last year, in 2019, Barrick made 51 cents a share. This year, in 2020, they're expected to, meet, to make 108. That's up 111%. And then 2021 expected to make $1.41, up another 29%. So that's pretty strong. Now, remember, I was talking about the free cash flow. So they do definitely have that. In the third quarter, they had a record free cash flow of $1.3 billion. That's up 151% from a year ago, which was $502 million. So that's a nice uh, little bit of a gain there as those gold prices stay elevated. So what did they get for the gold prices in the quarter? They had realized gold price of 1926, and that's up from 1476 a year ago. So you can see the difference in the price that they were getting per ounce and why that's made all the difference in both earnings and in that free cash flow. So what are they doing with that free cash flow? So they did reduce their debt and they have now just 0.4 billion of debt net of cash. 
So that's almost nothing, um, especially considering that they have quite a bit of cash. Their cash balance was $4.7 billion at the end of the third quarter. And they did raise their dividend. A lot of these companies are just giving it back to shareholders. This is the third raise in the dividend in the last year. They only raised it 12.5%, but it is a raise to $0.09 cents a share. It's currently yielding 1.4%. Now, Barrick is a gold and copper, and they are one of the big guys. They have a market cap of $45 billion. What does that PE look like? I know you're thinking, it doesn't look that cheap here to me, but PE is at 23.9. And as we've seen with a lot of the energy companies, and this is true of a lot of the material stocks, when there's a change in the cycle and the underlying commodity begins to hit new highs or multi-year highs, either one, then usually the PE lags because this is when the they really start to see the earnings growth and the jump in the earnings. So you're going to get a little bit of elevated PE, even though the stock really is still cheap at these levels. So that's Barrett Gold. Everything's looking real good there. And with that kind of free cash flow, well, they bought uh, Berkshire bought in the second quarter, which also had good free cash flow. But Warren Buffett's a real huge fan of free cash flow, and he's got to be real pleased after he saw what's happening with the third quarter there. And now we'll see what happens with the fourth quarter. Now, um, again, gold prices are a little bit weaker here in the fourth quarter, but they are staying above 1800 right now. So still going to be pretty elevated compared to even just a year ago. So that's Barrett Gold, G-O-L-D. Now, one of the other big guys I also took a look at is Newmont. If you've owned the gold miners anytime in the last 20 years, you know, and maybe even owned Newmont. I think I owned it at one point. N-E-M is the ticker. And they just reported for their third quarter the best quarterly performance in their history. And they've been around a long time. So when I see things like this, like a record ever, best quarterly performance ever, I start to sit up and take notice because obviously that's not being said every year and every quarter. And so something is going on with the miners. Now, Newmont does gold, silver, and copper. All three are higher year over year. They have a 51 billion market cap, so slightly larger than Barrick, but they're both big guys. They too have global mines, and um, they too had the exact same free cash flow actually of 1.3 billion, and that was up from 365 million a year ago. So, um, you know, almost tripling that free cash flow. That's tremendous. They too have 4.8 billion in consolidated cash on the balance sheets, so tons of cash. They raised their dividend 60% from the second quarter to 40 cents a share, and that would be giving a yield right now annualized of 2.5%. And I think they're claiming that that's the highest in the gold industry right now, and if not the highest, it's, it's basically tied or right up there with the highest. So right now, the most you're gonna get is around two and a half for the yield, but again, if they're getting this kind of free cash flows for any length of time, they're going to start paying out even more to the shareholders. But they'll be conservative here in the beginning while they're just ramping up with these free cash flows. And as long as the metal prices, both gold, silver and copper, which are, again, all up year over year, 
um, as long as those stay elevated, they can, um, you know, continue to look at that dividend. So what do the earnings look like for Newmont? So 2019, they made $1.32. 2020, $2.66. So that's 100% gain, much similar to Barrick. And then 2021, analysts still really bullish, 476. That's another 79% gain. So there is X number one, strong buy. And PE is similar to Barrick, but again, it's going to remain elevated here until earnings catch up with what's going on in the underlying fundamentals. PE of 24, but I still consider Newmont to be cheap here based on what is going on in the underlying fundamentals. Um, okay, so let's switch to a third stock. And this one I know because I did own it for many years and then I sold it. Um, because the gold miners went nowhere for a long time. And then I recently bought it back again after my value investor portfolio here at Zacks bought it. And it's a smaller um, gold miner, but in a relative terms. So this one is B2 Gold, BTG is the ticker. B as in boy, T as in Tom, G as in girl, BTG. And they only have a $6.2 billion market cap. So that is considered smaller, even though it's in the billions, but it's, you know, obviously not 40, 50 billion like the other two I just mentioned. And they have mines in three locations, Mali, Namibia, Namibia, I'm bad at pronouncing that name, Philippines, and they also have some development in Colombia. So it's a little riskier when you only have three big mines, because if anything happens both um, with Mother Nature or with um, you know, political things going on uh, that can cause issues. Mali just had a leadership changeover, but it was fairly peaceful. And so uh, the mining was never impacted in Mali when that was going on. But that's something to keep in mind with the smaller miners of any kind is that you have to look and see where their locations are and how stable the political environment is in those locations. So B2 Gold is an actual value stock, even by a PE uh, ratio here at 12.5. So they are cheap. Let's take a look at those estimates. 2019, they're supposed to make 14 cents, or they did. I'm sorry, they did make 14 cents. 2020, this is where you see the big boom. They're expected to make 48 cents, up 242%. And then 2021, analysts getting a little bit more conservative, up uh, just to 54 cents. That's another 11% growth. So what happened to them in the third quarter? Similar to the other two, it was a record quarter for several of their metrics, including revenue. Their average price in the quarter for gold was 19.24, and they are now projecting full year cash flows. This is for the full year because they're smaller, remember, of a little above 900 million. So as of the third quarter, they were able to pay down um, some of the remaining debt. They paid the revolving credit facility of 425 million in that quarter, and now they're debt free. So as of June 30th, their net cash position was 157 million. So they are um, net cash positive now. And so anything going forward here is just basically, you know, the gravy on top, as we've been saying. So now they too pay a dividend now. 
and they just recently raised it for the third quarter as well. So they're now paying four cents a share. That's up 100% from the second quarter, and that's 16 cents annual, and that's yielding around 2.5% right now. So um, B2 Gold and Barrick basically in the running for having the highest yield of any of the gold miners. Now, um, they're, like I said, um, a little riskier because they're smaller and they're in these select countries. And uh, just for instance, they are the largest gold producer in Namibia and mining is 12% of GDP there. So it's a big industry and they are the largest gold producer there. So these are some things to keep in mind when you're looking at individual miners, because the name of the game, just like with energy, with the exploration companies, is that they have to get it out of the ground. That's how you're making your money, by getting it out of the ground. So um, what management is able to do that is something to keep in mind and look at the balance sheet. These are pretty debt uh driven industries because mining is not cheap right you have to have a lot of equipment and things and employees and whatnot and so it costs a lot to get into this industry but some of these are now beginning to have some very pristine balance sheets just based on the amount of free cash flow that they're producing and i like that as an investor i also like it that it's you know not captured the public's imagination yet, and certainly not even Wall Street's here. So um, something to keep in mind. Now, if you really don't want to search around to find ways of, you know, locating the gold miners and figuring them out and trying to determine which one you should get into, there are the ETFs. And I've been a big buyer of the ETFs in the past. When I was into gold, in uh, 2005, 2006, that's when I bought my first ETF. They are still around and um, still a good option here. So what are the ETFs? So the flagship one, I like to call it, is the Vanek Vectors Gold Miner ETF, ticker GDX. It's kind of the industry standard. It has 16 billion um, in, under, uh, in the assets now. And so that's huge for any ETF. They were the first one to launch in 2006. So that's why a lot of people own them. And that's why a lot of other institutional investors invest in GDX. It's the easiest way to get all the big miners. So it has 52 holdings. And the top five are about 60% of the entire ETF. And who is in those top five? So the biggest holding is Newmont with 12.7%. And then Barrick is actually the second largest at 11.3. Then you have Franco Nevada is at 6.3. Newcrest Mining is at 5.1. And Agnico Eagle is at 4.9. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but eh, that's par for the course for me, right? Um, that's AEM is the ticker on that one. So uh, B2 Gold is in this ETF as well, but it's just 2.2%. The expense ratio is 0.5, so not too horrible. But taking a look at what it's done since it commenced in 2006. So if you, if I had held on to it all this time, I would be up only 0.2%, 0.2. So not even 1%. <laughs> 
on the lifetime. So that's why this is really like a timing play with the gold miners. The 10 year, it's down 3.5 over the last 10 year, but year to date up 28% as obviously gold hit new highs and the gold mining stocks have taken off finally here in 2020. But will they hold that? We don't know. That's the big question. So the gold miner shares basically last peaked in 2011. And that's when everybody was getting in on the Eurozone crisis, um, the budget impasses in the US, it was seen as a safe haven, gold prices surged, and then um, they've come way down over the last number of years. So all the gold mining shares basically also fell and have not been going anywhere. And many of them were not paying dividends throughout all those years. So you really weren't getting anything to stay in the gold miners. That's why it's more of a timing play than what you'll find in a lot of other industries and um, ways to invest in other industries. So keep that in mind, but that you can go with the gold miner ETF, the GDX is the ticker, or you can do the junior gold miners for a little bit more risk. GDXJ is the ticker. And I took a look at this one. This one began in 2009. At one point, I owned this one too, I'm sure of it. It includes both gold and silver. So a little more emphasis on the silver because there's just simply not enough junior gold miners to, to fill up the entire ETF. But there's 83 holdings here. And the top 10 are only 44% of this ETF. So not as heavily weighted in the top 10. So what are the top five here? Um, the number one is Kinross, number two is Goldfields, number three is Northern Star, um, That, and number four is Pan American Silver. Like I said, they have to throw some silver, predominantly silver miners in there. And then number five is B2 Gold that we just talked about. And Kinross is only 6.9%, Goldfields 6.6%, Northern Star 5.5%, Pan American Silver 5.1%, and B2 Gold is 4.3%. Now, if you look at the list on both of these of the holdings, there is a lot of crossover. Obviously, um, B2 Gold is in both GDX and GDXJ, as well as Kinross, Goldfields, a whole bunch of these but you will, you're, you're just not getting the big boys, the big guys in GDXJ. And then you're getting a, a bunch more of the much smaller guys that do not show up in JDX. But that being said, you don't have to uh, own both of these. You can own one and that's plenty of exposure. So that's my advice. You don't have to go out there and buy both of these. I used to own both of them thinking, oh, I'll get a lot of these smaller miners, but there has been some consolidation in the industry. And so there's even fewer number of miners now than there used to be, um, including with the big guys. Barrick bought out Rangold two years ago. So um, they took Rangold off the, off the ticker list uh, out of the equation as well. So keep that in mind. The expense ratios are about the same. As I said, it's 0.52, I think, for the GDX and it's 0.53 for GDXJ. But, um, and then the, the returns, that's something to look at, right? Lifetime since 2009 for the junior miners, it's down 3.3%. The 10 year, it's down 7.2%. Year to date, however, up 25.9%. 
So it doesn't necessarily mean because you're with the juniors, you're going to get a bigger return because year to date, the junior miners up 25.9, but the big miners in the GDX, that one's up 28. So it's not always going to work that way. It looks like with the mining stocks, because the big guys seem to be more on the move maybe here than some of the smaller miners are. So Remember, you don't have to be all in with gold. Just like any other industry, you shouldn't be overweighting it. And you only need one winner, right? You just need uh, one. And the whole industry is going to move together, much like the home builders and even uh, like the exploration and production companies. Those are going to move when energy prices rise. The same here when gold and silver prices rise. All of them are going to go in the same direction. And they're all going to mostly report similar earnings depending on what's happening nature with nature geopolitical and now with covid as well because they're all trying to actually run the business during covid so there may be some restrictions put on by certain countries on whether or not they can operate and things like that that could impact earnings but only temporarily obviously so all of them are operating with their minds fully open right now but that's something to keep in mind as we make our way through this pandemic as well so i only own one one gold miner once again and i do own the b2 gold as i mentioned earlier btg i've i've rebought it here so i have exposure and that's that's all i'm going to need berkshire owns the one miner for now and so far that's all they've done but you know you're going to have some exposure and that's what you're buying it for if gold prices keep rising so will the free cash flows and shareholders will be rewarded. So I do recommend people buy companies where they are looking out for the shareholders. And some of these, all three of these uh, that I've mentioned on this episode are paying dividends back to their shareholders already. And they've been raising the dividends this year on the record prices. So that's what you wanna buy because you do want to get some of that income while gold is this high and doing so well. You want to cash in too, right? You want to get some of that gravy on the top uh, over the costs of producing it here because that's why you're owning them. And otherwise, if you just want to play the price of gold, there is an ETF where you can just play the price and that is the GLD ETF. So separate and different from owning gold miners, which is actually a business where they have employees and they have to deal with, you know, COVID and all of that kind of stuff. So keep all these things in mind. It is a little complicated to invest in the gold miners versus just the gold, but in an age when you could be getting a breakout and we'll see and we'll know more in 2021 if that's true here, but if you do get a breakout, it is a golden type of era for these companies. And we've already seen them saying the best quarter ever, and they've never seen you know cash flows like this or revenues. Well, that could continue depending on the price of gold here moving forward. And if we can continue to see these you know new all-time highs. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Gold mining, yeah, I'm I'm kind of into it this year. And I'm thinking this could be a nice play for 2021. So let's recap those tickers again. 
we had Barrick Gold. That's the one in Berkshire Hathaway. It's G-O-L-D is the ticker. Newmont is his X number one. And they have those huge cash flows and just raise the dividend there too. N-E-M is the ticker. N is Nancy E and M as in Mary. Then we have the smaller gold miner, B2 Gold, also raising their dividend there on a record quarter. BTG is the ticker. And then if you just want the ETFs, nothing wrong with that. Should do well like the like the overall mining industry, obviously. Then you can have just the big miners, just the gold miners. That's the Vanek GDX is the ticker there. Or you can buy the juniors, GDXJ. But be sure to uh, subscribe here so you don't miss a single episode because I'm going to continue to look into these gold stocks as we go forward into 2021. I have a feeling we may have to do another episode sometime next year. So you don't want to miss a single episode of the Value Investor Podcast. You can get us on Spotify. You can get us on um, Apple Podcasts. We are standalone on all of those. You can get us on SoundCloud with the Zach's Mark. Edge, so you'll get two podcasts for one. Double the stock picks if you're if you're subscribing on the market on uh, SoundCloud with the Market Edge. But be sure to get us somewhere, and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.